Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So should I just do our intro? Yeah. Um, just go yeah, right into it? Just, just right, fucking go right into just it? Just tie the yellow ribbon around that old oak tree. Yeah. <laughs> you get a kick out of that. <laughs> you oh, gotta tie the yellow ribbon around that old oak tree. We need it, it, something that's not how that fucking goes. Yes, it was. No, it's how does, not. How does it go then? Tie the like, ribbon around the oak tree. Around the old oak tree. Good, now we've got yeah, a cold open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buster Boys episode 56. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hey. Hey, what's up? Oh man, not a lot. Not a lot. Oh, actually, a whole lot. Like this has been a pretty like epic like weekend and a early whole lot. and early week for me, but we'll 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 get to that part later uh, when it's more yeah. relevant. So we are joined by two guests who joined us in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend for live impact sacrifice show which was just a ball and watching aew revolution all together and we got to meet these gentlemen for the first time in person and it was a sheer delight and it's the specifically devoid boys derek and micah what even though we just left you welcome back to the brain buster boys what's up nerds thanks for having us you're welcome you're welcome howdy well hello how are you? We're good. We're good. It's it's weird because we have just now met you, and it was weird seeing you in person, and now it's weird just seeing you via Zoom. Back to the old standard. Yeah, I dropped you guys off at the airport, what, like 27, 26 hours ago, and uh, we had ourselves a hoot of a weekend, didn't we, boys? Yeah, it's crazy. Micah actually only remembers five minutes of being in Kentucky. Yeah, it was awful. Like, 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 like seriously, you know. Um, You've been talking about it and ripping on him for a year, you know, and now we actually get to meet him in person and see firsthand Micah's T-Mike, Toxic Micah's just drinking and just debaucherous exploits all weekend. Yep. It was embarrassing. Causing right? him to miss the back half of revolution <laughs> yeah why did because he passed out yeah yeah i couldn't even get to work the next morning uh it was crazy my tail light i just it erupted when i smashed it into a tree 
<laughs> Bo had to pick you up, bail you out of jail at one point, which is pretty standard. It was prison, uh, was yeah. jail. <laughs> oh shit, my bad. Uh, but all jokes aside, it was an amazing weekend of wrestling and friendship and fun. And it was awesome to finally get to just yeah, it really was truly. And we watched a lot of other random wrestling shit throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, any anyone have anything to say before we kind of just dive in? I think we'll Bo mentioned we'll talk kind of chronologically, starting with the Impact show from Saturday night. But uh, I guess really from you two, any just general uh, weekend or Kentucky thoughts? Hulk Hogan to the guys Tom. behind us at Impact who were just hammering oh. the referee. Oh, oh the Aqu- Aquaman oh, and his son. Aqua yeah. Dad and his Dad, weird yeah. 14-year-old son who wouldn't swear <laughs> even though the dad was saying like every cuss word under the sun. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll tits. Like that, we'll that, get, that's a cuss Like word. your favorite word. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more into them. They were fun. They were ripping on the refs, and I was kind of getting 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 into it with them too. But uh, Derek, you were about to say something about the Hulkster. Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff versus DDP and Jay Leno is <laughs> the greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah, your first time seeing it, right? All time seven stars. Better <laughs> than any Okada Omega. Well, then you got to give it seven and a quarter. Seven and a quarter. Would have been eight if it was in the Tokyo Dome, you know? <laughs> From Road Wild 98, we sure were going hog wild all weekend, weren't we, T-Mike? Uh, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> because you don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah. Or because hog is a reference to a penis. Yes. <laughs> On top of being an alcoholic, Mike was painfully uneducated. <laughs> well we're just rocking and rolling and continuing the vibes from the weekend here even though yesterday was a pretty uh pretty slow mover of a day but hey we got to go to monster game monster games and derek got some uh magic the gathering cards yes i spent a lot of money and got (laughs) almost zero value out of it oh i didn't didn't hear about this this is one part of the trip that y'all we had yeah we had time to kill before the we had time to kill before the airport so uh we went to a little uh oh that's cool up up here in highland heights ky i got four packs of magic the gathering all of which are very promising packs that should have some high money cards and i absolutely whiffed it on all of them Mm, (laughs) bonkzilla Eric well, should that have one... gotten the, the packs that I said that he should have because he would have guaranteed got money value on them. I got most some of the packs he told me to do, and those are the packs I got hosed the most out oh, of. Oh, what, oh, what? You mean the six packs, the 12 packs, and the 30 packs? <laughs> no, those were Micah's packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I only get the 30 packs from uh, Costco. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Impact sacrifice 2022 live from paris town hall in louisville kentucky and we walked in and it just hit the ring hit us right in the face oh yeah i had only been to this venue for a concert it's relatively new and it's not that big so i was kind of curious and intrigued to see what the setup was going to be like and i thought we had tickets on the floor which we did and pretty much everything we were right there right on top of the action yeah it was clo- it was especially like you know compared to the indie show in Milwaukee, which had no uh, like video screens or or, or, or that extra pizzazz. 
Um, and just being able to walk in and see all that, like right up front, I was like, oh boy, like this is like a big step up. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the closest I've ever been at a wrestling show that wasn't like a really small indie show, even though it did kind of have that feel. I mean, right. what, maybe, maybe 500 people there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I feel like with as good as Impact is right now, and I mean, I've been saying like their last two shows have been much better than WWE's, like not even close. Like I would like to see them getting some bigger crowds, you know, because, you know, as much fun as we had and we'll get into, like I feel like these shows are worthy of bigger crowds, but uh, I'm not complaining because we had a fucking blast. And uh, yeah, we got uh, a... <laughs> Got Kenny, I pissed off Kenny King at one point. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to just like roll through the card again? Anyone have any just general? Do we want to get into Aqua Dad and his son right now? Because they were a pretty key oh, presence. Uh, I, I, I think they definitely, you know, like after the pre show, once things started getting going, after Lady Frost, you know, Lady, Lady Frost, and yeah, she defeated what was her name. <laughs> Giselle Shaw, Shaw, the quintessential diva. Yeah, there it is. And then it was uh, Willie Mike Bailey actually was like the pre-pre-show match. Yeah, the the bonus match. You're right. That was that was like right when we walked in. Yeah, speedball against some guy I've never heard of. Right. (laughs) I saw that was like their digital media match of the week. But yeah, that was like a nice surprise getting to see the speedball fly around. Right. but yeah, and then the second official pre-show match was Rich Swan and Willie Mack. We got our dance on for them, and they defeated uh, the OGK. Uh, oh. Your your boy Matt Taven and Mike, and really your boy Micah, Mike Bennett, Boston Strong. Um, yeah, so the good guys got the win here. But yeah, I thought pretty good pre-show match. I mean, honestly, both of them were pretty solid, but. Uh, anything to write home on either of these for you guys? Uh, mostly just like throughout the night, I kind of said this to like to everybody like leading up, but like the four of us, because we're four people and this is going to be such a small crowd, like we're really going to be able to like be a presence and like start chance. And we did, but Brett screaming at Kenny King uh, in this match, was very funny. That was not a scream. And I think, wasn't that during the Eddie Edwards Rhino match? Yeah. That's when, like, everyone was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not a scream. It was more like, shut up, Kenny King. I was screaming later yeah, in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was a very, like, opportune, like, direct statement. Yeah. Like, like, the, like, like I like, did not, I intentionally did not go yeah. over the top. Like, like, like I, I put it to the point where, like, I kind of wanted him to hear it, and he did, and he kind of gave me the yeah. slow turns. Yeah, yeah it, it was sort of like a confluence of, like, where he was, like a dip in the crowd volume, and then yeah. you just slicing through it, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, it was that <laughs> And we yeah. were seated right next to the ramp, essentially, and mm-hmm. what, like, three rows from the guardrail. So, like, we were so close to everything. Um and yeah, the card opened with a match I know we were all anticipating, which was Trey Miguel successfully defending the, X, the Impact X Division champion against my boy, Jake Something. What's his name? Something. Which I just saw. He's now officially a free agent. Did you guys see that? That news just came out like yesterday. I did see really? that. I saw that like on the night of the Impact show. It was like 
his contract was done. That was his last show. Yeah, it was supposed to be the No Surrender show, and I guess he re-upped it, which was interesting because they gave him the title shot, and he'd been kind of getting pushed. It's like, is he really going to leave? You know, like, where where else is he going to go at this point? Like, he was doing pretty well there and kind of making a name for himself, but uh, maybe he'll return like someone else did at the end of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a great opener. Um, you know, Trey Miguel kind of d- did a bunch of his high flying stuff and something kind of just kept knocking him down, knocking him down, using his strength. Um, and I think Trey ended up getting the win, what, with two Meteoras back to back, but, uh, just great action here and a perfect match to open the show. Trey Miguel proved in this match that he's like the top of the X division. Like he's the champion for a reason. And it's because he's able to churn out matches like this consistently. Anybody else? (laughs) I picked him to win and you guys didn't. So I feel very vindicated. Oh, big tough guy. Oh, you know, I see you. I see you. I I see you. I see you. Um, Uh, you know, this match I generally did not know, uh, was not familiar with either of the wrestlers, but um, that was at the beginning and I was beginning to enjoy myself. And I guess well, we, uh, saw, we saw Jake in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, know? we did see Jake in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess you hadn't seen him since then, but. Mm-hmm. But he was something. He was something. And... I got a this is something chant going. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say during the second match is really when we kind of started cooking a little bit, and that was Eddie Edwards, the newly turned heel Eddie Edwards defeating Rhino. Mm. And right off the bat, Derek, I know you loved when I yelled out, Gore! And Rhino, unlike Kenny King, did a hard dart towards me. (laughs) I mean, we're probably 10, 15 feet away from these guys, so like we knew they were going to hear us, but... uh, that was fun, and yeah, this was the this was the match that was kind of just a fuck show. Like <laughs> there was just all the all the fucking uh, honor no more guys were out there. Impact guys started coming out. Yeah, that's when I said, "Shut up, Kenny King." And frankly, I think he kind of respected it. Like he when he turned, he did have a bit of a grin on his face. It's like what right. the heck, man? <laughs> um, but it was pretty funny, and this match ended Derek with Chaboy Steve oh. Macklin turning on impact just like eddie edwards did and i called it literally like a split second before it happened i just saw something in his eyes and uh what did he do he speared uh did he did he gore rhino is that what happened he, I he chair shot rhino chair, right? okay yeah i think you're right yeah that sounds right i haven't rewatched any of this show but right. uh yeah what do you think about that that definitely was a bit of a surprise I think Macklin got the biggest heel reaction out of anyone that evening. They, I mean, those those fuck you Macklin chants were just rocking in the room. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, you know, it was mostly, we were mostly cheering most of the night, I think. But uh, oh yeah, the match itself, like I said, wasn't really like the best or most technical match, but it was just a fun atmosphere and really... I think that match is what really kind of got the crowd going. And that might have been when Aqua Dad and his son behind. Well, first they were sitting next but to us. Yeah, they're, they're they beside behind us. us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. This kid was what, 12, 13 years old? Yeah, yeah. You know, like kind of on the cusp of adolescence. And his dad, I, I hesitate to call it his dad. He looked like he, you know, like 
definitely was like in his 50s or 60s, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah. It might have been like a grandpa. Yeah, or like an uncle. Like, like, yeah, like just he, like he, he yeah. was definitely gray. And yeah. this kid was in his early teenage years. And, and, like and, he had, and he had his Aquaman shirt like tucked into his shorts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That very like you know, literally every like, match, yeah. this kid they were like, "That's a slow count, Radford. That's a fat," and it was all in favor of the heels. Yeah, and <laughs> frankly, it was pretty funny most of the night. But I know, Micah, you got fucking fed up by the dude. End. Like when like the kid kept saying like open fists, and it's just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, I was getting in on that too. I'm like, that's a closed fist, Radford. No, but the kid, the kid kept saying open, open fist. Yeah, instead of. <laughs> Open hand or palm. So, like, yeah. somebody had to correct him. I and mean, I didn't hear too much of it for the rest of the night because I think he got a little embarrassed. There was plenty But Bo had small. a nice conversation with uh, with Aquadad about uh, about Duke and Coach K. Uh, oh, yeah. I forget how. Oh, no, that's when I found out on my phone that uh, North Carolina had beaten Duke um, at Coach yeah. K's last game at, um, at Cameron Indoor, which, like, um, if you've read kind of the ephemera and the stories that have kind of stemmed off that, it's really funny because after the game, everyone was crying and Coach K gave a speech. He's like, this is not acceptable. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the most pathetic thing. And um, that guy just was like, yeah, you know, and I think he was a UK <laughs> fan because like. I think you, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah UK, UK has much more of an inferiority complex history with Duke and with L. Well, actually, our first engagement with Duke was beating them for the 1986 NCAA title, you know, coach case oh, yeah. first time in the national championship was losing to Louisville. Jay so um, yeah, Jay, yeah. Jay Bellis was on that team. So, uh, yep. so yeah, you know, we've kind of always just had a, eh. yeah, actually, well, unless, so um, this will be it on college basketball for this, but uh, unless we play Duke in the ACC tournament, we will be, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to like, we, we're <laughs> playing right now and GT is probably going to smoke us, but um if um, we do not play Duke anymore, we will be the Louisville will be the only team that has a winning record against Coach K, who's played them more than ten times. How about that? that? Long, right? yeah, yeah, but anyway. well, that's something to hang our hats on after we went twelve and seventeen this year or whatever. But anywho, anywho yeah. uh, match three was oh, sorry, Michael. Speaking of which, we finally went to McAllister's where we saw the the Louisville game. On yes. the- Yes, I did take they, the two they, of you to some McAllister's Deli. They have TVs at McAllister's. Oh yeah, there was a big TV there. Yeah, oh, so this was really like a big, Louisville yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, like Saturday afternoon, right after I picked them up from the airport. So yeah, it was first half of the game. We caught some of it. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a real stinker. Shout out to McAllister's. It's been yeah. a minute since we've shouted you out. Did you? You got you gentlemen enjoy your experience there? That was a huge cup. The cup that they gave us was like too big. And then Sanford's roommate, Mike, not Matt, also had a cup from McAllister's that night from Louisville. So uh, he makes the, the menu, though. Matt makes the menu. He does make the menu. And uh, yeah, I had just like a nice cup of tort, as they called it, <laughs> tortilla soup, because uh, I'd already eaten, but I had to get a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gentlemen had a couple of nice looking sandos as well. Yeah. Had some great mac and cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Derek had the extra big club sandwich. Yes, mm. that I did not finish. Some Steve Mac and cheese. Mm. <laughs> Steve Macklin cheese. <laughs> um, but the third match was the 
first of a couple title matches that changed a couple titles that changed hands both in the tag division this one uh the influence unfortunately defeating the inspiration um you know fun match uh the inspiration looked great i didn't realize their gear was of a britney spears reference but i'd seen uh them both posting like the pictures of Brittany in that exact same outfit on gotcha. uh, Instagram, but they looked great. Uh, match I think was pretty good. Um, surprise finish. I don't really remember too too much uh, details from this, but uh, Caleb with a K came out at the end. Oh, oh that's, that's oh, right. That's right. It was actually pretty interesting because yes. like beforehand they were like, "We don't need you, Caleb, from a K." And then Caleb with a K helped them win the title. That's, that's right. Yeah, they had the video right before where they just said, screw you. And that is yeah. correct. Yeah, see, that's why I needed you guys because I uh, did not remember that. Often. And the Inspiration theme song, like, is, is a banger. Oh, yeah. It's that one, uh, what's her name? Harley Cameron that did it. She did, like, a music video with Scarlett Bordeaux. Shotzi Blackheart and one other WWE woman last year it was pretty funny, but <laughs> uh, yeah, good call with Caleb with the K. And now we start getting uh, these next two matches get pretty serious. Um, oh, fuck yeah, that's part of the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The big meaty dudes slapping each other around. Jonah defeats PCO. Um, and this is when I think the crowd really like these two matches, I think. The crowd, a.k.a. us, um, were at a fever pitch. And, uh, you know, most of the crowd was chanting for Jonah, but not everyone. I know Derek and I were, but there were oh, a lot. Oh, I was too, yeah. Like, Brad, yeah. Like, 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 for me, like, oh, yeah. had a lot of impact. Bronson Reed was your I, boy. I, yeah, I loved uh, Bronson Reed in NXT. So, that, you know, for me to have something to tether onto, Absolutely. you know, I really slingshotted myself uh, at him. <laughs> yeah, and again, we were all kind of going, you know, the energy had been lifted yeah. by this point. And there was that guy in the row in front of us and like a little over. Oh, yeah. Who was not happy with people chanting PCO. <laughs> no. And, and I think I started chanting for both sides just because it was fun. But uh, again, energy was high here. There was a, what a piece or uh, Jonah oh. tombstoned him onto the steps at one point. Uh, I think P Jonah or PCO hit like a crazy hurricane Rana at one point in the match. Yeah. One Jonah of them hammered the ramp at one point, like a flip out or something. Because remember, yeah. anytime someone hit the ramp, we were so close to it that it sounded so damn loud. There was that killer power bomb from the ring steps to PCO on the outside. Yeah. Oh. A lot of, lot of good spots in this one. Micah, your take? <laughs> uh, I was asleep during this match. <laughs> you little bitch. So uh I I was I was real tired <laughs> at this point. After this match, I got myself a sprite and a couple of cookies to try to like stay awake for the rest of the night because I was just like, oh boy, this is a good match and I have fallen asleep. And that's and you wanted to stay up all night the night prior before getting on the flight. You well, I thought I was buffoon? gonna be tactical. And no. I didn't fall, I wasn't really asleep on the plane, which I thought I would. I never so, sleep on planes. Like I can't. Like, I don't, the, the, I don't seat, really too well. I'll, the seats recline like three degrees. You know, and right. if, if you fly Allegiant, like God, like you know, I don't know if you all have ever flown Allegiant. Like those seats, like recline like one degree. 
and yeah. they're like well, when i got my flight from parts unknown uh it, it was a very it was like a over 10 hour flight so you kind of need to fall asleep on that yeah did you uh in and out it's really hard to stay to stay asleep because turbulence oh i have heard of that any other thoughts from this one before we move on to what i felt was the match of the night uh this was my favorite match okay i was gonna say i thought it might have been i knew either this or the next one would be but uh my favorite match of the night and my second favorite match probably of the entire weekend personally wow okay Okay. wow bold bold but i love it i love it i'm Uh, a big fan of big meaty men slapping meat what can i say yeah i can't blame you there brother sheesh um and then we had my boy, the Switchblade, Jay White, whose era it still is, defeating his mentor and one-time roommate, Alex Shelley, in his return to Impact Wrestling. And uh, I think I lost my mind during this match at some point. Um, well, first off, when Jay came out, just to be that close to Jay White was just super cool because it's just someone I've been a really, really huge fan of in New Japan since he came back in 2018. And, you know... This was the big draw. You know, I was going to go to this show anyway, but once he got announced, it was like, this is awesome. And the match couldn't have delivered anymore, in my opinion. It was just hard-hitting, back and forth, technical, great counters, and a lot of emotion. And Switchblade hit the Blade Runner kind of out of nowhere at the very end to pick up the one, two, three. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of out of my mind for this one. I'm kind of interested to try and so I did only rewatch the very end when Josh Alexander came back, and I could see myself in the background like doing this, just like <laughs> jumping up and down, but it was like kind of from a distance. But I'm sure uh, we're probably seeing a little bit more. But uh, yeah, what did you guys think of this? Certainly. Well, first, I was told today when I got here that we were visible at multiple moments throughout the night. That's not surprising. Yeah. And if uh, you if you can find me asleep in the crowd, uh, we'll we'll give you a follow. And you'll get Micah's social security number. Sure won't. <laughs> no, this is definitely my the like what I when I was most engaged and excited. I'd have to say. You know, this is definitely the most exciting, like the most that felt like, you know, something that I would see, you know, on TV, you know, because like definitely felt felt like the biggest match, too. I think the crowd in general was the loudest and most into this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like having seen like AEW live from a distance and this close and like in my mind, like this sort of is sort of analogous to the indie show a little bit more like this is what like you know, made it seem like not just a step above, but like multiple flights. Yeah. Yeah. The match was fucking tight. Micah. I mean, the sea of emotion that I was going through during this match. I mean, the switchblade to like the, to like the, on the outside to like the ring apron. Yeah. Yeah. The ring. They were kind of like, they were laying like right in front of us at that point. Yeah. It was, it was sick. Um, yeah, like Brett, being a fan of Jay White for so long, like it was really weird seeing him so visibly close. It was just like, oh my god, Jay White is in like spitting distance right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You yeah, think about was, spitting uh, on him? I'm surprised you didn't. 
I'm surprised you didn't or like try to pick up his spit. Or just try. To... <laughs> oh yeah, I, I should have tried to kiss him. I just mean, like just like Jade Cargill and Ty Conti. Hey, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely can't wait to rewatch this match for sure. And like I'd read, I think I told you guys, I'd read a few comments on Cage Match about the match, about the show the next day, and just like all the comments about how hot the crowd was, and this was one of the best impact crowds in a while. I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment because, you know, not the SRONDs or anything like that, but I really do feel like we were kind of like, not the entire show, but like we definitely started a good amount of chance that got a ton of traction throughout a good course of the night and it just made it that much more fun um and again during this match uh even more so but uh yeah jay white got the win and i think i took about 50 pictures of him going out (laughs) uh (laughs) leaving the ramp but uh yeah very very fun and um interesting to see what happens with his bullet club brethren a few matches later but we have the champ champ challenge with Deanna Perrazzo defeating my girl, Chelsea Green, for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So that, you know, I was up, not upset, but like, wish this wasn't right after that amazing match. Because I remember Bo and I went to get some beers and I'm like, oh, I got to at least see Chelsea Green come out. Um, so missed a good portion of this match. Um but um, Chelsea got hurt. I still don't know if it's a work or not because she's still scheduled to wrestle in like a week or so. Um, so I don't know Have you guys heard any, like I know she's been in a cast and it said she broke her radius, but I feel like you wouldn't be able to keep wrestling if that were the case, but I think she's still wrestling. So I don't know. Yeah. It was a, the ref wrote the X and Derek is just like, that's a, that's yeah. a shoot, and Brett and I are just like, I don't know, because the match <laughs> continued, and and we've seen this before. Yeah, I know Derek basically said, like, anytime the X is up, it's real, which I'd say is like 95% of the time, but I know I've seen it used when it wasn't. <clears throat> Derek, you look like... It needs to stay real, and it, you <laughs> cannot set that precedent. You can't set that precedent. Because what if it gets confused? What if people think, I, oh, it's just a work, but someone's actually hurt? That's going <laughs> to end terribly if you set the precedent that you can use the X as a work. I just That's know it's, I just know it's been set before. Like I said, I couldn't tell you which match or even promotion. I think it was WWE, but maybe not. But I just know at least once or twice I've seen the X go up and it was work. But... Who knows? You know, for an eight-minute match, it was good. I know these two are, like, best friends in real life, so I'm sure it was meaningful to them as well. Um, if the injury is real, it sucks. Like, it's her third arm-slash-wrist injury in the past, what, like, four years? Yeah. But um, I guess we'll see. And I know people were kind of thinking that she was going to be the one to ultimately take the belt off Mickey James, which – that certainly didn't happen as our next match saw Tasha Steeles in her second consecutive attempt at the Impact Knockouts Champion. She got it, defeating Mickey James. Um, how, did, how do you remember how this match ended? Uh, I think it was some sort of Savannah Evans interference. I knew she was getting it. She was definitely involved. Yeah, and I, clearly Chelsea couldn't. And Mickey had told Chelsea ahead of time, don't help me. And then right. she got hurt 
anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were, and I was on the World Elite Pod last week talking about this, and I was initially the only one who picked Tasha Steeles, and then I let them convince me to change my pick to Mickey James because they're like, oh, they're building to the Chelsea Green story. I'm like, that makes sense. But Tasha Steeles gets the surprising win. And uh, yeah, you guys got any thoughts? We didn't get to hear card for a country and I'm pissed. Oh yeah. yeah. When they kept saying, Chelsea, when they kept saying Chelsea Green, for some reason, I, I, I like had the errant thought like, you know, Chelsea Handler. I was like, is she wrestling? You know, because like I'm like, it, it wasn't like that the far blonde away. Lady? The blonde yeah, lady, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, she's like a she, dirty comic and not yeah, very yeah, yeah. good at it. Yeah, yeah. she's kind of got the attitude. I was like, man, uh, I was like, is she in wrestling now? Like, I can't remember thinking that. Um, <laughs> but then I would look up and I'd be like, oh, that's not her. The E Network is almost wrestling. It's like the wrestling storylines and none of the action. Ha <laughs> 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 Anything else? No. Violent by design. Well, uh, which... I, I, uh, what? It's okay. Say it. I was going to say these matches kind of like overlap. Like there was like an ongoing thread throughout. Like Mickey James mm. came out to help Chelsea Green. So that's why we didn't get to hear. Oh, her. that's right. She did come out. Yeah. Like these I... kind of these matches had some sort of like ongoing story. Yeah. Chelsea that... Green stayed out. Well, like. Of when like officials and other referees were like trying to get her up the ramp and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot that basically Mickey did come out. Is that why we didn't hear her song? I yeah. guess. Yeah. Or she like okay. came out because uh she was kept being because att- yeah something she like wanted to stay out or something. Well, she was like helping Chelsea for a bit, and then it's like, oh well, my match is next. I guess I'm just gonna stay in the ring, and that's probably why she lost. She was too distracted about her friend getting hurt. Um, but yeah, Violent by Design, which was supposed to be Joe Doring and Diener, but it turned out to be Eric Young and Joe Doring. And I know, Derek, you'd mentioned Joe Doring, big, big man. Fucking huge. <laughs> Doc that Gallo's guy. also a big man. Um, yeah. And they defeated the Good Brothers for the uh, Impact World Tag Team Champions. Uh, another one I didn't see coming, you know, especially with how hot the Bullet Club is right now. Like, I just figured... Why not keep the belts on the Good Brothers? But I know there had been a storyline prior to this where I think they were aligned against G.O.D. maybe. But anywho, Derek, do you have any thoughts or why they changed the titles here? How do you feel about it? Um, I don't like the Good Brothers, so I'm happy they took the titles off of that. I don't, I don't like them either. I think they're trash. <laughs> no, especially since coming to Impact. Like, they were fine in WWE. They were, like, okay. And I haven't seen a lot of their New Japan stuff, so I can't comment on that. But, like, it seems like they've been phoning it in ever since they came to Impact. And this was just no different, you know? Yeah, I mean, the match was just... Okay. Again, I can't really remember too much that happened or just being surprised at the finish. Um, yeah, I, mean, I didn't the, care about yeah. any of the match. All I cared about was Joe Doring. Well, he's that freaking huge. Well, and frankly, person. like the card spacing for this show, I think could have been a little better. Like it felt like, like after the Jay White Alex Shelley match, like nothing got even close to that peak. Like not even close. You know, it was still, you know, no match was bad, I don't think. Like, 
all the matches were solid at least, but it just felt like the energy dipped a little bit, you know, it got back up in the main event. And then of course the post-match stuff in the main event, but uh, yeah, I mean, not too much to say here. What about you, T Mike? Um, well, I do like the good brothers. Okay. So I didn't really care for this match, but like I got nothing wrong with a good old Carl Anderson's spine buster, which I got to see. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Doc Gallows is standing for a reason. Nasty. Like, God, like every time I just see that guy, I just like shudder. When they use the belts like as their dicks sometimes. I hate, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's like, whenever it's I, weird. I'll give well, it to that. It's weird. Well, well whenever, yeah. whenever I first was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting into making a wrestling podcast, like that was like what I thought would be like, oh, yeah, that's that, this is the worst thing I'm going to see. Is like like men swinging like belts around like phalluses and stuff like that. And so, and so, and so, had, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and yeah, the Good Brothers seem to represent like the, the the worst of my initial expectation going into this. What has become a what one and a half year journey into the wrestling world. Um, but I mean, they're still fun. I mean, I, I, it's not like I hate it or anything, but they just kind of seem to epitomize, you know, that that sort of gross macho pecker thing that I hate. And butt rock. And butt rock. And Mikey, you really like that I used the word pecker there. So anyways, moving on. <laughs> to our main event, which saw Moose, 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 Moose defeat He's got kids. He's, um, you know, this was fun. match was fine. Yeah, match was fine. Crowd was energetic. Um, everyone knew Moose was going to win. I think there was one pretty decent near fall. Uh, but I don't think anyone in the building believed that Heath was going to be the one to dethrone him. I did for a microsecond at that <laughs> near fall. Because that near fall was really good. That was yeah. like... Oh my god, it might actually happen. I do remember. I still didn't buy it, but it was obviously the best moment of the match for sure. Honestly, I didn't expect this match to be a lot because he hasn't really ever before this wrestled at the main event level. But yeah. I think the match over delivered for me personally. I think it was a it was a great match that played more into the story than the wrestling, which is what I think the match needed to do to be a successful match. Yeah, I agree. It kept my attention. And I think, you know, like I said, I think the crowd was pretty into it. And uh, certainly no one saw coming what happened next. Um, and I don't even know where he came from. Cause I remember just like, I, I kind of was like half turned or something. And then all of a sudden, like out of my periphery, I see Josh Alexander in the ring and I, I think I almost jumped on you, Derek. I almost like yeah. took you to the ground. I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> I definitely channeled my inner high five Tom for that one because I know uh, Josh Alexander is his favorite wrestler, and you know he left Impact what two three it wasn't that long ago two three weeks ago or a little before that because it was before No Surrender, mm -hmm. but he had been without a contract. I'm pretty sure it was legit. I, you know, there was a picture of him working construction in Canada. Something to do with visa issues. But he's back, and he's finally, finally getting his rematch at Moose, who took the belt from him in, like, 10 seconds after Alexander defeated Christian Cage. Um, so what 
tell that when Moose won, it's kind of like a money in the bank type scenario, right? Like he had something that he was able to cash in. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. he had won the the call your shot. Gauntlet. That's that's right. He called yeah. his shot. He called his shot, and so I think I had asked you, Derek, like in the weeks, you know, basically in the past couple of months, I guess since Moose had won the title. Because you're probably one of the few people I talk to a good amount that follow Impact closer than me. So I'd asked you, and I think I'd ask Tom and others, like, why hasn't Josh Alexander gotten his rematch? He got screwed out of the belt. It was such a big deal when he won it. His family was in the ring. He was their biggest star, frankly. Um, And then W. Morrissey, Matt Cardona. It's like, why the hell are these guys getting the shots? And I think it makes sense now that probably was a contract issue, visa issue, something like that, that they wanted to get worked out. But now we're going to see it at Rebellion in April, and I think it's the biggest match the company's had in quite a long time. Would you agree? Definitely the biggest since Kenny versus Moose. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Which was – when was Kenny Moose? Did oh, they... was that? Oh, I thought it was Kenny, Kenny, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I don't think Kenny and Moose wrestled because it was Kenny beat Rich Swan, and then he beat Sammy Callahan. I thought they wrestled, and it was on an Impact show, but they wrestled the match at Daly's place. That's Sammy Callahan. I thought that was Moose. Was that Sammy Callahan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I just crazy. don't think Kenny and Moose had a match. I, I'm going crazy. No, they had to have. Are you looking it up? Yes. Kenny Omega. Against all odds, Kenny Omega versus Moose, June okay. 12, 2021. Okay. I guess I clearly didn't watch that match. <clears throat> Except the match will be in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. So you were right. I wasn't going crazy. So was that... That looked like, okay, yeah. I, you know, like I've said, I don't follow Impact too, too much. And until now, I'm definitely way more into it than I've been. And, uh, you know, when Kenny showed up, that's when I kind of started getting into it. But, uh, yeah, clearly forgot about this match. Um, but I did watch the Kenny-Sammy Callahan one, which was tight. But, um, yeah, and then at the end when Josh Alexander was out, I remember Bo and I ran, like, right to the front of the guardrail and the camera was right in our face for like 15, 20 seconds. So we'll definitely have to check the tape. Yeah, no, I do, I, I do want to say, I, I hope they made me look good. I would like to think we got on because, again, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. right in front of us for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I'd kind of, like I said, I'd lost my mind a little bit and just ran up front. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, man, I had such a blast at this show. I told Derek, I think I mentioned to you and Micah, maybe like probably top three, five, five at worst, most fun I've ever had at a wrestling show, just because it was a bigger show and to be that close and to be with you guys and to get to see Jay White. And again, no match was bad. It was all pretty damn good action. And to kind of dictate the crowd was just so much fun, but, uh, yeah, final thoughts on Impact Sacrifice before we roll into Revolution here. I would agree with you for me. I'd say this is number two for most fun wrestling shows I've been to. Just a, a killer show, honestly. Like, Impact, I think because they're on Access, which isn't a hugely accessible television station, 
they've been waning a lot in popularity and i think that is unjust because they're consistently putting out some of the best wrestling content each month yeah i agree that's basically what i said earlier it's like you know i've kind of always overlooked them a little bit because there's so much rest like once aew came about and you know i'm a big new japan fan and I watch a little WWE and now I'm into Noah and stardom and all this shit, but it's like, they've got my attention and I've now watched the last three, I guess they weren't pay-per-views, but whatever we want to call them, mm-hmm. not premium live events, but, uh, and they've all been better than anything WWE's put out recently. So I'm right there with you. T Mike. Uh, two star show. <laughs> okay, Micah hates wrestling. Micah does <laughs> hate thing wrestling. Though, <laughs> as somebody who like by a significant margin didn't really know what was going on more so than the rest of you, um, here's how I'll rank it. House. You were just like, "What's a waffle?" You're drunk, but anyways, um, you know, like in terms of fun, I've had it shows. Uh, you know, this this and the Milwaukee Dynamite. I don't know. Both seem like culminations of just like meeting people and friendships and. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of the, you know, for, for me as somebody who, who isn't as familiar with these people who like is there and just having the stuff pointed out to me and, and what's important and what's significant. And, and I'm having to learn, um, I'm having to walk as you all run, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, just, just, just being there with you guys was, was, was genuinely a lot of fun and knowing that that was the beginning of a, thrilling weekend knowing that we had another day of this um felt nice and it was a beautiful saturday in louisville about 72 degrees and sunny i think you guys said it was 18 degrees when you boarded the plane in boston so uh beautiful weather day and uh you brought the shitty weather with you now it sucks now it's cold it's (laughs) cold now yeah um whipping winds am i right brett what'd you say whipping winds Oh, they are whipping winds for sure. Uh, shall we get into revolution here? Well, I think we shall get into Waffle House first. Oh, okay. Tell uh, us about – why don't you take the reins here, bud? Oh, I showed up um, to pick you guys up um, because, Brad, you left your car near Gravely, which is the bar we went to before uh, Old Forester's Paris Town Hall. And we were we were hungry. We were hungry. And then we went to a bar after that called the Wiggle Room, which there wasn't much wiggle room you know, um, for, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Fuck it. But, uh, anywho, um, that weird cinnamon shot that we all took. Oh yeah. For Derek's birthday. That was really sweet. Yeah. Fucking, it was blue and it tasted like cinnamon, which is wrong. <laughs> well, shit. I guess we didn't even mention that, no, that no, Saturday was, was your, your birthday. birthday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you had a great birthday. I think from what I could tell you did. I got to shake the hand of Santino Morella, who <laughs> 10 years ago on March 5th, 2012, defeated Jack Swagger to become the United States champion. How about wow. that? More than coincidental. Yeah, you saw, I don't know what his role is there, but you pointed him out and like it didn't look like him, but I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see it. And then didn't you like look it up to confirm that it was? I did. I looked it up. I looked at him. I went to shake his hand so I could like make sure it was him. <laughs> and then we yeah. saw Zicky Dice out on the street, right? And John Skyler. And John John Skyler. John No Name Skyler. Okay. 
So let's put a wrap on Saturday. Tell us about Waffle House. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, like, I like walk into Sanford's and, and, you know, it's like dark in there and everyone's still like getting up and a little low to, energy. Yeah, low, low energy. We need to take a shower. We need to, you know, all that stuff. I'm pretty peppy. You know, um, yeah, because you've had like six cups of coffee. You yeah, said. yeah, yeah, I was ready to roll. <laughs> um, and they're like, Oh, where should we eat Denny's or Waffle House? And in my mind, like, I abhor Denny's, I think Denny's is just disgusting. Like, there's one on Eastern Parkway that has just like been like routinely like just some of the worst dining experiences I had. And you know, if you're in the south, if you want to call this the south, which for you guys, yeah, it is the south. Um, but uh, I was like Waffle House, you know. Waffle you House have definitely all star staple. Yeah, so we uh, we found one down off Taylorsville Road, and we go there. Um, you know, we originally were like, "Oh, it's going to take a long time to get seated," but it, you know, took we got seated, and it took us forever to get our order, and then we had to do the dreaded flag the guy down, and the guy like came over there, and he was like, a "Really? Yeah, busy. I look yeah. I looked like the asshole here." Yeah, 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 <laughs> and it was it was really it was just an unfortunate situation. Because I was building up to Derek and Mike, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get a female waiter, wait, and uh, yeah, she's gonna call you honey and dear and stuff like that, you know, and sweetheart, sweetheart, yeah, and you're gonna get all get all that. But uh, we did, um, you know, which I feel like is a good rite of passage, which I've done that with um, a guy, a friend of mine from Michigan in graduate school, uh, who lived in New York City, who had never been to Waffle House on a trip to St. Louis, which is um, one of the northernmost Waffle Houses in the United States. Uh, Indy, mm-hmm. I believe, I believe being the northernmost, but we went there. Um, we experimented with the jukebox. I like the word experimented <laughs> with it. Um, I sh- uh, showed you all the slew of songs on that jukebox that are solely about Waffle House. And then we bonded to the tune of Tie the Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree. We listened you, to both the, the Dolly Parton and Dean Martin versions, which is, a, which is an act you've done before, Micah. So please, like, uh, talk about your experience. Is it? In, ge- in general? <laughs> well, like, oh, like, like, like I was confused. I was like, I, I was like, is the ribbon hanging off like a branch or do you like, oh, I guess it's around the tree. So it's around the trunk. If you receive my letter telling you I'd soon be free, then you know just what to do if you still want me. If you still. Well, 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 March Madness is here, which is big for our partners at Manscaped. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have just launched their Ultra Premium Collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head to toe with this all-in-one skin and hair kit to have your body and balls smelling final four fresh. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And with our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BBB for 20% off and free shipping on all products. This is a Cinderella story you are not gonna wanna miss. And Brett, let me tell you how that sweet little glass slipper might fit. And it fits because now you can enhance your big dance in the shower 
with their ultra premium collection with this package including Manscaped premium deodorant. Nah, not for your balls. For your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum free, and smells like your signature scent. Ah. Mm. Hydrating body moisturizer. Have tattoos or issues with dry skin? It's designed to keep skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Body wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt sour and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. You clean your scalp with an easy one step, plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. Mm-mm-mm. I can't wait to start using these myself. Yes, and the way you can start using those yourself is get 20% off from free shipping with code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BBB. Make sure you call on Manscaped this tournament season or your bracket won't be the only thing that's busted. And trust me, your balls will thank you. They'll say you're welcome. But I don't know. I guess we just slapped to the title. So uh, on to to Revolution because we pretty much didn't do jack shit that day other than uh, just Well, we did get to watch... uh... The greatest match of all time, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan versus Jay Leno. That was right beforehand. That was before he picked us up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you all can talk about that, and I'll just... uh, I mean, we didn't we already talk, or was that on the previous recording? I don't think we need to talk about that match. No, we really don't need to talk about it at all. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into Revolution. Uh, The pre-show, so we were having some internet issues briefly but we yep. did get to see yep. all of and it just happened then it didn't continue for the entirety of the night <laughs> that was not <laughs> yeah, that was more chromecast issues yeah and being in that room me well that I back don't... room it was never gonna work but anyway we saw all of the layla hirsch statlander match which was pretty solid and Layla got the victory which is cool and now she gets a title or eliminator match Wednesday tomorrow we saw all of Dan Callis which was uh, a big surprise because I think I'd even said something either that day or the night before like I miss Dan Callis yeah and he comes out the Kenny Omega song tricks us cuts a great heel promo it was awesome and and, and we I believe we declared the beginning of hit watch two that's right. Hit Watch 2.0 is it was, it, open season, I open think is what season. he termed it that night. Open yeah. season, yes. So he basically just claimed something that Adam Cole would be a great transitional champion until Kenny comes back and wins. Starting to sow the seeds for that eventual feud that we know is coming, but it seems like Kenny will probably come back as a baby face. So will Callis be with him? Will Callis turn maybe? It remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, he said that, like, uh, all, all of, like, all you people, like, Kenny got hurt for all of you, and now he's, like, still hurt, and none of you care. Yeah. But I care. I, yeah, I do, too. What a prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, then we missed pretty much – we missed the whole Hook QT Marshall match. That was when we were switching rooms and couldn't get connected. I ended up re-watching it yesterday. It was great standard Hook fare. I mean, he did take a little 
of, of QT's offense, but I think it was still under five minutes. Right. Um, can't wait to see him have a real match. I mean, I get what they're doing and it makes all, it makes total sense, but I feel like sooner than later, like we need to give him a real opponent and a match that's longer than five minutes. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. I would say QT is his first real opponent. Yeah, but even I don't think Bo would agree with you on that. No, I think UT's gross and weird. Is it the bowling shirts? Is it the two and a half men bowling shirts that he wears all the time? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's the the, the hard nipples pointing through them to the bug me. Well, it is definitely the most legit opponent he's had thus far, um, and I still love everything we've seen from him. It rules. Uh, but yeah, not too, too much to say here other than, you know, QT trained him. Uh, so there's that and hook beat the shit out of him and <laughs> hook's going to kill you. And then um, I, go ahead. <laughs> you, like, you like that? <laughs> well, it just, it, it brought back memories of Paul White. Hook, hook gave hey, him a Paul White Paul. beating. Your favorite AEW match of all time, Hook versus Paul White from All Out 2021. Hook it was All Out, right? Yeah, it was All Out. We did determine that. <laughs> that was seven and a quarter star match. No, just, just I love how we just forgot about it. We we're like, oh, main event. We're like, oh, wait. You know, like, like we, we still got the little country serenade here. You know? So I did also rewatch the final match of the pre-show, the buy-in, I guess, as it's called, which was the House of Black. Yeah, that was a good one. New member yeah. Buddy Matthews against Pac Penta Oscuro and Eric Redbeard, who made his surprise debut on Rampage, which was awesome. Because we'd had a zoom up with our buddy Azar, and then we realized, you know what, the internet's not going to be able to handle this. So I just was kind of distracted, but... Just a very fun spot fest, you know, just a lot going on here. Great action and uh, ends with a misting again from uh, Mr. Malachi Black. But uh, I hope they kind of spin this off into some singles matches because I'd like to see Malachi versus Pac, Malachi versus Penta. I thought Penta was the star of the match here um, in rewatching. He just had a couple segments where he looked just amazing. And I can't wait to explore more of this Penta Oscuro character because Pentagon Dark and Lucha Underground was incredible. And uh, I hope they kind of uh, don't even have the words for it. But, uh, yeah, so anyone uh, got anything to say? This maybe Alex Abrahentis's. Oh, the, uh, oh the, 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 the 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 garbage can spot. I enjoyed the garbage can spot with that guy. That was uh, that was much later in the night. Oops. What what? When they put then they put the garbage can on Alex Abrahantes. But that was no, that's Jose the assistant. Yeah, oh, that was Jose. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I could see how you could get them mixed up, but what you're not a fan of Abrahantes' new getup? No, the the face paint. I'm I'm on board for all of it. The more ridiculous, the better. It looks like NWO Wolfpack Sting. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Uh, this was the best Redbeard has looked in the ring, like period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I remember he's never moved that fast. 
He's never hit moves like that before. He was on his fucking game. I Remember agree. Y'all pointing did. out to me too that like the last time I think he was, in, or at least I saw him was the Brody Lee tribute show. So that was the only yeah, time he'd yeah, ever yeah. been in AEW. Like right. he obviously never because he didn't wrestle. From, he just yeah. showed up and kind of right. gave some solidarity. But I agree. Like he was always the weak link of the Wyatt family. You know, more of a presence than a wrestler. But yeah, he did. Definitely looked pretty impressive in this one. And, uh, you know, I'm sure this story between these six is going to continue. Like I said, I hope to see some singles matches. But, uh, yeah, a pretty good buy-in, to be honest. Like, uh, pretty damn solid. All I'd say it might be the best buy-in show of any pay-per-view they've had. Um, I can agree on that. And there was a hot debate on what match is going to open the show. Uh, I know at least a handful of us thought it was going to be Danielson and Mox, but it turns out it was Eddie Kingston and Jericho, which was a fine selection. It was a very, very good match. Uh, you know, best shape Jericho's been in in years, no doubt. Um, Eddie hits the big suplex immediately, which was very similar to the full gear match against Punk when he hit Punk immediately with the spinning backfist. Got to credit Jericho. He took a lot of head bumps in this match. Yeah. Uh, very physical match. Um, you know, best Jericho's looked in the ring in well over a year, I think. Yeah, well, um, and, and this wasn't a plot match at all. You know, Jericho's been, you know, like, like as we call him, Mon, Mon of La Plot Manca, you know, like Don Quixote. But, um, you know, like, I don't know. I really enjoyed Eddie Kingston getting his moment, man. You know, um, I, I, I also believe, like, you know, that like a lot of the buildup too, like like to the match with the promos is like Eddie. Now you finally got your moment, and I feel like people seem to conveniently forget that literally one of the first AEW things I ever watched was that I quit match with him and Mox at full gear. Yeah, you know, and I feel like that is one of the most forgotten about matches. Like he had a freaking title match that, like, sure nobody thought he was going to win, but uh, you know, Eddie's been there. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but, 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 um, he just hadn't uh, gotten that signature win, well, well, you know, well, as opposed right. to the moment, he just hadn't gotten that big win. Well, well, the fact that they've been able to milk that sort of like underdog story with him for so long for sure. speaks volumes to his just ability to convey that character, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been a year now since Revolution last year when he covered up John Moxley's body from some sparklers that, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, that was really a baby face turn that still ultimately worked. And I mean, he's been one of the most over guys in the company in the last year. Yeah. And, uh, I loved even at the end, cause I did rewatch a few of these matches, this being one of them, he hits the double spinning back fist, gets him in the stretch plum, the Kawada submission, Jericho finally taps. And I loved, I didn't notice this the first time that Kingston, like, thought the ref was just like pulling him off at first. And he's like, I won, I won. And then he kind of went nuts. So that was pretty cool. And uh, the handshake went the reverse way. Uh, we thought it would be Kingston not accepting Jericho's handshake, but it was Jericho not accepting Kingston's handshake, kind of further maybe cementing him as a heel. But uh, handshakes yeah, were a big theme of the night. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mike yeah, and yeah. Derek, you guys got any thoughts on this one? Uh, I also think this was the best that Jericho has looked in ring in AEW, period. Oh, okay. Oh. I think I have not been a huge fan of Chris Jericho in AEW. Micah can tell you that easily. <laughs> I loved this match, honestly. I thought this was a great match, a great showing of like 
what Chris Jericho could actually do for in sure. The ring. For sure. Yeah, I. Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. And like the storytelling with the with the like flowish heel turn. The like, is this a heel turn? Is this just Jericho kind of being Jericho to Kingston? It makes me want to tune in tomorrow, Wednesday, Dynamite. <laughs> Dynamite's on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, explain. Micah, you got anything to add? You want to say something, Bo? No, you go. God. (laughs) Yes, you. Oh, uh, this is a good match. This is a solid. Like, I think I put this on my spreadsheet, if I'm going to be honest. Like, this is a solid four four star match. Real good, real solid. Open. Open kind of out of nowhere, kind of like uh, Kingston CM Punk, which is yeah. kind of kind of nice that like maybe that's like just how an Eddie King pay per view match staple of like him coming Eddie like, Eddie King real hot Eddie. <laughs> Eddie King I would never tell Eddie King to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm probably King, Ed- King Edward. Dan Callis. I don't think that you can make fun of me for mispronouncing someone's name. Um, <laughs> or actually mispronouncing um, somebody in the room's name. My uh, Sanford's roommate, Mike, who I yeah, called Matt. Call Matt. I like yeah. in a very confident way. Like he was because you've met like, him at least one, probably twice before. I yeah, would yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like, like to my credit, like I've been like been like, oh, hey, Bo, this is. Average, yeah, yeah. like guy with the average gym name, you know. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, you know, he was talking about what food for him. He's like, "Oh, I'll go to Costco, get some wings and pizza." And I was like, "Matt makes the menu." And he was like, "It's no, Mike." Like, no, I think I'm like, "You mean Mike?" <laughs> well, because oh, we were calling great. you T Mike or Big Mike, and the other Mike is like six three, so he's re- truly Big Mike, and you were T Mike, so T Mike. Yeah, great opener, great match. Jericho looked awesome. And my, you know, I thought he had good – the first Kenny match, the Hangman match, like tw- I'd say this is as good as he's wor- looked in, since 2019 probably for sure. Um, yeah, it ruled. Then we got the three-way tag match, which uh, I'd say was a nice moment for your boys, Jurassic Express, kind of truly solidifying their title reign here. Um, You know, when they won it under interesting circumstances, when Phoenix got hurt, uh, Jungle Boy was a star in this match, but this was just a very, very fun, fast paced uh, three-way tag match that uh, saw the champs retain and uh, more seeds being sown between the two heel units of the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Derek, I can tell you're ready to talk some Jungle Boy. Any match, the, the, the hallmark of a good wrestling match is Jungle Boy getting the pin. Easily, hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Jungle Boy continuing well. to prove that he is the future of AEW. He's the future of wrestling. He's proven that he's going to be someone you can consistently count upon for years to come. Woo! Years. Yeah. And this match not only proved it, but highlighted it. Well, he's great, you know, like teamed up you know like, like, like luchasaurus great like you know i don't know like he just always there's always sort of a joy in in an exuberance to him um mm-hmm. you know like how can you turn that guy heel you know um yeah i i, I, I get I, I get i guess haven't um haven't hearing him talk a whole lot you know uh 
that's where he still has to improve. But I mean, even, you know, he hasn't cut a lot of promos recently, but I feel like in the last, let's say four months when he has had the opportunity, I think he's been better than he sure. was in any time previously. And he's still what 24, you know, Very. Uh, but in the ring, he's incredible. And I mean, he had a couple moves in this one, the shooting star press while like O'Reilly and Luchasaurus were kind of tangled up and the way he, and I rewatched this too, the way he hit it was perfect, like perfectly hit O'Reilly and not Luchasaurus. And then the crazy like counter flip move where he ended up hitting the German suplex as well. Like both of those were just like, Holy shit. Uh, Michael, what do you got to add down there, bud? Um, I think, this was like really a shock because like the kind of is like a WrestleMania 20 main event of like Chris Benoit, Triple H, Charles Michaels were like the whole story was really uh young bucks and red dragon, like Jurassic Express were kind of like forgotten about a lot mm-hmm. and they ended up winning because of the dissension of young bucks, red dragon. Like that was like their crucial story because it wasn't like a traditional triple threat tag match where there's three guys in the ring it was like two guys in the ring and anybody any team can tag in so it was like a lot of like red dragon going for the pin then the young bucks breaking up being like come on we gotta like beat him down then it's just us and kyle o'reilly being like oh man yeah i forgot (laughs) that was really funny but yeah uh, kyle o'reilly like killing it as always he's the best secret no more yeah, and I mean, the first half, like you said, the Bucks and Red Dragon, maybe even more, were like pretty, they're tagging each other at times. Yeah, they're kind of apologizing for things. But of course, we knew uh, that Red Dragon was going to screw the young, no, I'm kidding. Um, that question. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously, this wasn't going to hold up the whole time. And yeah, just... Luchasaurus did a couple of crazy flip moves outside as he tends to do. Um, yeah, like you said, O'Reilly was just gold. Uh, I thought Fish played his part well as normal, and the Young Bucks were doing Young Bucks things, which in a match like this is very good. Um, but yeah, this match ruled as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what was third? I've got it. Oh, the ladder match. Ladder match. Ladder match. Yeah. Uh, definitely better than last year's face of the revolution ladder match. I'd say, um, Keith Lee almost killed orange Cassidy when he threw him too far. And I think that's what you said, Derek is probably where he ended up getting the shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Cassidy himself had a few great spots trying to get to the ring without a ladder. The one he like kind of flipped over onto another ladder and the one he basically just tried to like climb up their backs at the beginning. We thought there'd be a lot more than two power bombs in this match, but there was only the two, one of which almost we thought killed Ricky Starks, but fortunately he was okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's this match didn't blow you away, but it was a lot of fun. And especially for like some of the like more casual fans we were watching with, I think they quite enjoyed this. Um, but yeah, a bunch of big boys and Wardlow finally got his moment, um, which is exciting and more to come on him later. Yeah, but- he held that big sonic ring, you know, with his like, you know, pretty <laughs> iconic. I and the ring me. is going to come into play later as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was exciting to see Wardlow be like quite active during this, you know, like I think Very like, you know, all, so. all kind of the buildup of like Wardlow's going to be great. Wardlow's going to be great. I think like 
if like anything you can take away from a, a pay-per-view that I thought was like compared to the last two, a little more inconsequential, like not for Wardlow, you know, this meant a lot more for his. Oh, career. this was his biggest night. No yeah, doubt. yeah. 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 And, and like, you know, beyond, you know, for like the greater storylines for the company, um, you know, I thought like, you know, Wardlow made the most of the night. And they've really, really been building this up since like November, early December. Cause like, like almost since long... I first started watching, I almost like, the well, MCF slowly, but thing. I mean, it got rocket like, shipped yeah, in the last yeah, yeah, several yeah. months because for a long time he barely wrestled. Yeah. And then it hit like mid November, he was on TV wrestling every single week. I think there was maybe like one week in like a two month span where he didn't squash someone. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just remember tweeting it, like, something is happening with Wardlow coming up here, um, and certainly it did. And, you know, Bo, you know, I've been saying it for, for a year. Like, I love this guy. I can't wait to see more of this guy. I can't wait to see him on his own, and I think we're going to be getting that very soon. Yeah. Um, but any further thoughts on this ladder match? It is – sorry, you go first, Micah. Um. I th- I think it was it was a little weird Christian Cage because he kind of felt out of place in my opinion in this match, um, but there were there was a lot of spots in like teasing of the three big boys yeah. being big. Uh, and eventually it happened towards the end uh, in a weird spot uh, of of them because it was really dark. Where Keith Lee and uh, and the other big guy who I can't think, powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, Wardlow like threw him off the ramp, right? Yeah, Ooh. he like he like pushed them, but like yeah, it was yeah. like a running shove. Through, it was, was it really tables. Yeah, I think it was through tables, but like it was really dark, so you couldn't kind of see what was going on. Yeah, which uh, AEW production should get better at. <laughs> that is one of their uh, opportunity areas. Oh, I like the opportunity areas. (laughs) I think it's crazy how in 2022 you could still have innovative spots in ladder matches. Yeah. Like the Orange Cassidy spot of him flipping up and trying to stand on the ladder that people were holding to get the ring. There was a spot where they ripped the ladder into two pieces. It was at Wardlow and Hobbs. I think think so. Uh, Like up, up on the ramp. And I think. You know, I because I also had the same thought, like Christian Cage seems very out of place. But I think in terms of actually putting the match together, Christian Cage played a huge part in making sure that match ran smoothly between the spots. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, ladder match legend. It was what, like his 20, I think JR said it, like 22 ladder matches or something like that. Right. Um, and obviously he wasn't going to win this match, but yeah, from like a backstage production standpoint, yeah, I'm sure he played quite a big role in kind of helping this match flow and make sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, everyone uh, I'd say other than, and it's not like Christian looked bad. He just didn't really do anything that stood out, but I think everyone else kind of had their moments, which is always a good thing, uh, in a match like this. Mm -hmm. So we move on to that bitch challenge, the kiss, the kiss show, um, where Jade defeated Ty Conti. And Anna Jay was really involved in this match because she had never really been 
too much at ringside. Um, but Derek, I know we talked about this in the car yesterday, but probably the best Jade Cargill singles match we've seen, which isn't saying a ton. It's pay-per-view, you know. Yeah, it, it was her first pay-per-view match as well. Um, but, you know, it, I can't really remember any big botches or anything like super bad that happened, but it was just a solid ass wrestling match. It's great to see, you know, Jade Cargoz has had what less than 50 matches in yep. her probably entire wrestling career. And it's crazy to see how quick she's picking things up yep. and how quickly she's getting better. Yes. I know recently, say a few months ago, maybe, there was a report that came out that she had started training with Brian Danielson. And I noticed that ever since I saw that report, every Jade match has just been almost exponentially better than the last. Mm. Yeah, she's definitely, you know, it's going to take time. Like you said, she's had under 50 matches, but she's got all the things you can't teach, as Enzo Amore would say. And, I mean, the, she just looks and I feel like I feel like each time she comes out, she looks better and tougher and more badass and now she's going with the green which i didn't even realize was uh in homage of mortal Kombat jade yeah she wore like the exact same outfit with the green hair and everything but uh yeah again i mean not too too much to say about this but it was solid and uh we knew jade was gonna win and she's probably gonna hold on to that belt all year yeah no yeah i mean for jade match as much as we've uh criticized her uh, i enjoyed it Micah, anything? Um, it's. I feel like any match after the the insane ladder match, the insane uh, triple threat tag match was going to be put in a tough spot, and I feel like it's just a shame that both women's matches were after an insane match. I agree. Uh, and we'll get to that when it gets to the world, the women's world title. But uh, I think that this match especially was a little shortchanged because everyone was coming down from such a high that was the ladder match. Yeah, only seven minutes, though. So, you know, but again, with the time they were given, they put together a decent little match. But, yeah, you're right. Both women's matches not exactly put in a great spot. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to what I think many considered the match of the night. Uh, CM Punk defeating MJF in the dog collar match. And we get the throwback Ring of Honor CM Punk music and trunks, which he wore in his last dog collar match against Raven in Ring of Honor, which I didn't realize initially, which is a very cool uh, kind of thread. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was awesome. Probably the best story and feud AEW's ever done. I would say it's been going since Thanksgiving. You know, they had the match a month or so ago, which MJF beat him twice in his hometown. Wardlow gave him the ring. And now Wardlow gives CM Punk the ring in a wonderful moment and kind of gave him the nod. And uh, CM Punk got the W. But yeah, what a fucking war. I haven't had a chance to rewatch this one yet. You know, we knew there was going to be bloodshed. Um, but Derek, I believe you had this match at five stars, right? This uh, this match so far is match of the year, and I think it's going to be very hard to top it. Hell yeah. I think this match is setting a bar for storytelling, for in-ring action, 
for fun finishes that aren't just crazy wrestling moves. It sets a bar that I think most wrestling matches should try to meet, and it's raising the bar that was already there. Well, we don't set the bar. We are the bar! (laughs) But yeah, from a storytelling standpoint, absolutely. And I thought the first match was amazing, too. Like, I really, really liked the first one. Was surprised, like, looking back on it, that that went 38 minutes. Obviously, they had kind of the the finish, the false finish and whatnot. But, like, this one only went about 27. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it had everything that we wanted out of this. And the selling by both guys was just so damn good. I mean, Bo, I've talked so much about MJF right. selling and how great he is at that. And, obviously, we know Punk is amazing as well. Um but yeah, what did you guys think? I mean, I think we all were in agreement at the time that like, yeah, this was the match of the night. And yeah, um, I would, I've had it at four and three quarter stars, you know, it's in my top five of the year, top six of the year, no doubt. Uh, and I can't wait to watch it again, but Micah, Bo, what did you guys think? Micah, you go first. Cause my, I feel like my comments, uh, I feel like are kind of like predictive and forward thinking, you know, based upon the end. Unless yours are too. Um, well, I think that this was like really interesting because like uh, in the MJF and Darby Allen feud, like he was like, I'm going to beat you with like a headlock, head, uh, head takeover. And CM side Punk, headlock takeover. And CM Punk essentially beat him with a, with a straight punch. So like kind of like wrestling moves being used as that, being used as like a finish instead of just like, a roll-up or something that another company might have done. Although they were both ring-aided. But no, yeah. I, I I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simplistic finishes. Yeah. Uh, like Wardlow uh, not knowing where the ring is at first and then saying, oh, it's here. <laughs> uh, like very funny, yes. kind of, like in an ironic sense. Um, you love and MJF like became. I kind of wish that they had a little bit, like even if it was like a minute before the referee like noticed that MJF's call, like he his collar became unattached to the thing to the to the. Oh actual yeah. Thing. So it would have been nice if like that was like MJF's way of like cheating in like a no rules match. That's it. Uh, Felt like you were still going somewhere with that. (laughs) But I got, I feel you. No, this is the, I I see you. I see you. I see you. This is my match of the night. Uh, I think even on the spreadsheet, this is, this is like, yeah, this is like top five for me. Um, Four and a half. It's so easily a good match. Like you can, it's weird that because CM Punk's been out of wrestling for almost a decade, like the better part of a decade, and he's putting on like classics. Like I would say that this is like a match that you could like. This is a storyline, and specifically a match that like you can show a casual fan, and they'll be like, "Oh, this is sick." I would agree. Yeah, it took CM Punk. You know, I guess a couple months to kind of get his feet wet. Obviously, at the Darby match first, which was very good, but not like anything earth shattering, in my opinion. And then he kind of had the rampage showcases where he was fighting 
Garcia, Bobby Fish, you know, a lot of just very, very solid matches. But yeah, starting with the Kingston match at full gear, which was like an 11 minute sprint war that I absolutely love. Like he's just been on it. They had the six man tag with him stinging Darby against FTR and Max, which was great. Obviously his and MJF's first match. But I agree, Micah, from like a whole storyline standpoint, um, just what an incredible story. And both matches to me were four and a half stars plus. Um, but yeah, Bo, why don't you look ahead to the future for us? Yeah, yeah. What um, this means. Just looking back, just the grittiness uh, of the match, the storytelling, um, you know, this was kind of the centerpiece of the night. Um, I think everyone's reiterated that point. But um, when I think I think the question this raises is what or when is MJF's lowest point? Because I believe that is the trajectory that he is now on. Um, if he is going to be on a title trajectory like we have predicted, um, you know, there has to be a lowest point from which he will rise. I don't think this is it because I don't think because I think within Max's DNA, that character's DNA, humiliation and embarrassment is the lowest point. And this was just a loss. This was just a strong, bloody, gritty loss. But I think this he's on his way to this. You know, I think this is the first stepping stone down. Remember that hangman path we went through last year that yep. just dip. Like, I think this is the beginning maybe of MGF's sort of like dip down, um, you know, especially well, with the especially with the promo, like the I got bullied promo and so I got coins thrown at me. Um, you know, I think like there's a lot to lean into to a downward spiral that will lead to a rise. And I think this match has to be the catalyst for that. No doubt. And I mean, clearly he and Wardlow are on a collision course now. Yeah, I mean, that's course, been yeah. building for it, years. It, his, his friends are abandoning him. Spears yeah. Spears would lo- uh, logically be next, you know, the per- for, to abandon him. Um, and then the rest of the pinnacle, like he needs to be alone. And I imagine like, you know, that sense of isolation and alienation is going to be happening over the next few TV shows after this loss. I think this is how this loss is going to reverberate. I think what could be his low point is if he does lose to Wardlow, but I have a feeling he's not. I think he's, I think they're good. I think they're going to wrestle it double or nothing. And I think MJF finds a way to win, whatever that is probably illegal means. That's kind of how I feel right now, but we have that's three months away, and we don't know what the hell is going to happen. But, but, but clearly, but, well, hmm. so Derek and I talked about this yesterday too, um, all of us really. But with Wardlow being employed by MJF, you got to feel like MJF's going to fire him or something, and then AEW is going to sign him. But this, I imagine this, you know, we've talked about MJF a lot and he's had these long storylines like the Jericho one, almost a year from beginning to end. This one was like four, four plus months. Um, So the Wardlow thing is probably going to be the next. And then, I mean, we don't even know how long Hangman's going to be champ. You know, is MJF going to win the world title this year? I don't know. A lot of people seem to think CM Punk might be the, the one, the next one in line and whether we like it or not, I could see him winning it. So I, I think there's, so, there's way too much up in the air from a world title standpoint, but you're absolutely right. Like he's going to win it at some point. It very well might be this year. It very well might be off hangman, but 
Um, I think Wardlow stands in his way first, probably at double or nothing, and it's going to be fucking riveting, and I can't wait. Agreed. So, yes, then we had the women's title match, which new belt, finally, the third version three of the AEW Women's Championship, and it finally doesn't look like it came out of a box of Cracker Jacks. Um, A legitimate, big, nice belt. And, unfortunately, Dr. Britt Baker... DMD retains against our girl Thunder Rosa. Like Micah said earlier, the match was kind of put in a no win situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Like they should, you know, it's, and this is a problem with all their pay per views. They're so loaded that it's hard to kind of space the card out a little bit. But um, yeah, like it's just, it, it is a shame. It's the first pay per view that's had two women's matches on the main card. I think I might be wrong on that, but. Maybe some of the earlier ones had like a tag match and whatever, but it's at least the first in a while. And yeah, unfortunately, neither were really put in much of a spot to succeed. Um, Again, I don't even really remember this match super well, just because, again, the emotional come down from and we were, of course, drinking some spirits as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and one of us was fast asleep, which I will will, will freely admit now is me. It was me. It was when me. did you were you did you go down during this or Danielson Mox? Might have been Danielson Mox, uh, yeah, but I, 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 I do want to say I, I hate that that happened, and uh, I'm sorry, guys. Like from the bottom of my heart, like to have. A I just remember that Bo started collecting beers, and I was just like, "Oh, that's nice," and like soon we'll have cake, and then <laughs> I just and then we agreed to have cake, and I just see Bo conked out on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess he's uh, done for the night. He didn't Man, even um, get to partake in our Tox Brewing Company beer either. Oh, Lord, I didn't. God damn. We defi- you had yours, didn't you, Micah? I did. It didn't taste very good. It, it, was, it wasn't that great, but we definitely drank. I think yours is still at Sanford's. I know. It's cool. I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. I couldn't make it. Hey, it happens. But um, and like g- g- genuinely, you know, um, I, I woke up dis- I woke up very disappointed in myself. It is so, okay. No. Um, anyone have thoughts on the match? I mean, it wasn't bad by any means, but obviously they had a match of the year type contender last year. Granted, it was lights out. There was a lot of blood. You know, with couple match like the last match already having a lot of blood you figure that's not going to happen again and then the next match is going to have a lot of blood so again victim of un- unfortunate circumstance i just feel like for the situation it went a little long the crowd wasn't super into it but we're probably going to see it again in two weeks but uh did you guys have anything to add yeah i think this one definitely more so than the jade match really felt the the burnout of the crowd from the match before i agree coupled with i'll say a questionable decision in the winner of the match honestly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if they're just going to play it back in two weeks and rose is probably going to win it then well and and, point in it being on the pay-per-view and the fact that it wasn't like they had that big blood fest that i never saw that that brett you've always wanted to do the if you recall during the time we were with WWE when um, they had the unsanctioned match, is that what it was? Um, yeah. They had the, it was a big blood fest. And, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, when Thunder Rosa wins, it has to echo that. It can't just be, like, a normal ass, you know, 
And so here's what I think as well. They're setting this up. So I didn't realize initially, but now we have legit Layla Hurst, the number one contender. Thunder Rose is now two. They're having a match tomorrow night to determine who's going to challenge Britt, which I think is the following week in San Antonio, right? Which is Tuesday in Texas. Which is not – it's not Thunder Rose's hometown, but it's where she lives because she's from Tijuana. But she lives there. Freeman Coliseum. The home of this Tuesday in Texas. So, yeah, I, I think one reason is they wanted Britt to have the new belt. Mm-hmm. So she kind of gets her moment with the new belt. I mean, she's been the longest tenured. Well, no, actually, was Sheeta? Sheeta had it for she, like a year. Oh, yeah, she had she it for over a year. the longest not? champion. Yeah. yeah. She's the longest champion in AEW, period. Yeah. Unfortunately, pandemic and whatever. But I think they wanted to give Britt a moment with that belt. She retains and, yes, allow Thunder Rosa to win it in her quote-unquote home of San Antonio. So it's fine, you know, whatever. I mean, if we, if this is really our biggest complaint about this show, then it's okay. It just kind of sucks because their first – not their first, but their last match was so epic. And this one felt like it didn't even have its chance. But, Micah, you got uh, some additional thoughts? How much time do you have left, by the way? Uh, I got about 15. Okay. I mean, we're, we're almost done. So, yeah. uh, the next match, another fun one, another blood fest, another war. John Moxley. Another surprise. John Mo- another surprise. John Moxley defeats Brian Danielson. And, yes, the biggest story coming out of this was William Regal, aka Bo's boy Michael, Michael Adams. Adams. Uh, I wish showing, I would, yeah. Yeah, and you missed it. But showing up, I know he has history with both guys. Like I think I know he and Mox, when Mox was first at uh, FCW, they had some amazing matches. I know he just credits him with being a mentor of sorts. I don't know if he – did he help train Brian Danielson? He did train Brian Danielson. Okay, that's what I thought. So, like, deep history with both of these guys. You know, the match was awesome. It's every, It was physical. It was hard-hitting. It was a lot of mat-based stuff, but it was, like, kind of them trying to top each other. They both bled, which was kind of what they said. I can't fight with you until we bleed together. Mox gets like a weird little roll up coming out of a submission for a surprising three count. And and they immediately start fighting again and and all the refs come out. And then Michael Adams, William Regal comes from like the side, huge pop. He gets in between them, gets them to calm down, fucking slaps the shit out of Mox, which gets Mox to stop. And then Danielson's just cracking up and clapping at that. And then what does William Regal do? Turns and slaps the shit out of him. And he forces them to shake hands, which we'd done. We'd made like a prop sheet ahead of time with just a bunch of various questions. And one of them that I'd put on there was, will there be a mutual sign of respect? Which initially it was looking like no way. But William Regal forced them to shake hands. And now it certainly seems like we may be getting this new faction, perhaps with William Regal as the leader. Yeah. Well, starting as a tag team, but he's already mentioned Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta as the guys that kind of Danielson has his eyes on. So will they start kind of poaching those guys? Because they're all involved with someone, Garcia with 2.0, Yuta with the best friends, and Moriarty, well, with like Matt Seidel, I guess. That's right. nightmare family. Is he really? I've never really seen him have any official involvement with them, but 
I think it's going to be riveting stuff. I, you know, it seems like that's where they're headed. Like the, the got William Regal got him to calm down and uh, I'm excited, but uh, what'd you guys think of the match and the post-match story? I, the, I mean, Brian Danielson is the best wrestler today, period. So any match he's going to have is going to reflect that. And it surely did. And then fucking Regal, William Regal coming out that huge fucking pop i cannot wait in like a few months when william regal's just screaming at the top of his lungs for war games <laughs> blood and guts <laughs> but i did see he's gonna have both an on-screen and backstage role which is exciting exactly how it should be william regal's one of the best talent scouts absolutely there is today the reason nxt blew up from 2015 to 2019 was because of how good William Regal is at finding the best wrestlers in the world. Honestly, I hope we see him lace up the boots again. Cause uh, why not? I mean, I'd like to see him with just like an Eddie Kingston. Obviously they don't have any like feud, but just those two goal. Like he's definitely that brawling style as well. Mm -hmm. And he can be a prick in the ring. So uh, yeah, just a lot of opportunity with Regal on board, but uh, Micah. Uh, I think William Regal coming out was like one of the two times I stood up during the night. Yeah, we were we were raucous at this point. Bo didn't oh. hear Bo didn't hear a word of it though. This is, this is a few. This is one too many beer drinks in. Uh, I stood. I don't remember the other time that I stood up. Do you? No, I was all. I over stood the up place. two times. Like that's stood how. Like, Someone only got in a fight. Fist fight. I don't know. That was definitely in the room. One of the biggest pops of the night, no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already missed it, but the the signing of Swerve. Oh yeah, that's right. That was somewhere around this part. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully obviously. Does, yeah, hopefully he doesn't, because the roster is just getting bigger. Hopefully that doesn't mean that he becomes a Jay Lethal. I mean, we'll have to see how things work with Ring of Honor folded in. But, yeah, I mean, all these guys are technically all elite, and the roster is already way too big. And Jeff Harvey is probably appearing tomorrow. And Johnny Gargano at some point, And maybe Bray Wyatt and all these other people. So, like, I want to say I trust in TK that will figure it out because I think he will. But, yeah, the roster is way too fucking big. So figure it out. I think Wyatt's going to control his narrative. I don't know about you guys. Hey, who's booking that show, by the way? The fucking wrestlers. Project Space Cowboys booking that fucking show. He did show. have some nice laughs about control your narrative. What a <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, but yes, I guess he's known as Swerve Strickland now is kind of the name they're going with. But... uh yeah, I mean, when we were covering NXT last year, Isaiah Swerve Scott always, you know, impressed very much so. I didn't really see any of his main roster run, which I think was pretty short. But, uh, I mean, even dating back to Lucha Underground when he was kill shot, like, the guy was amazing. So, again, I'm not going to complain about more talent getting signed. I just, like you said, Jay Lethal's the perfect example. Tony Nese, like – Lethal, a bigger name than Tony Neese, but we barely see either of the guys on TV. And when Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal, when Jay <laughs> Lethal wrestled Ricky Stalks on Rampage, I loved that match. Like, so again, it, roster's too big. 
hopefully they'll find a way to figure it out. But yeah, happy he's here and uh, we'll see how he can contribute. Concur. Now we have the trash can over Jose, the assistant. Good Lord, it was this is far into it. <laughs> well, I guess since, uh, I, since I rewatched all that last night. Fresher on your mind, yeah. Or, or, or watched more properly. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the Tornadoes, Trios, Tag Match, which I think was as expected. A car crash that was a lot of fun. We had the six, I guess Spot he's 63 fest. now. 63-year Sting. Was it Isaiah Cassidy that he jumped onto through the tables? I can't even remember. Yeah, I think I think it was I I, I think it was Isaiah. Or was it Cassidy. Matt Harvey? No, no, Matt Harvey was pinned ultimately in the ring. I think at, at the very end. So I think it was Isaiah because because there was like each of them were taken out, and then Darby took out Matt Harvey in the ring. Okay. Well, because yeah. I know Isaiah Cassidy did the spot on top of the the tunnel with Sammy yeah. Guevara. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, yeah. Then, yeah. So maybe they did drag Matt in eventually, but unfortunately, Darby came up a little short on the coffin drop to end the match. But uh, can't blame the guy; he's he's a madman. But uh, you know, again, what is there to say? It was what it was. It was a blast. I haven't rewatched it. I think that you know, with like the Jade and Kai Conti, I think this was one that me personally was kind of like least excited about, but knew it would still deliver for what it was. Like it was in the ultimate popcorn or piss break section right before the main event. And it was still fun. Um, you know, unfortunately the AHFO did not implode. Um, and we had the awesome triple threat match for the TNT title on rampage that probably they should have just done that on the card, but I get you want to get Sting out there, and I mean I can't can't fault you. He's been incredible. I still can't believe what the man is doing every time he goes out there. And yeah, I'd even said because again this was end of the night, little drunk, and I remember saying the next day like, yeah, Sting didn't really do too much of consequence. And Micah's like, yeah, except go through multiple tables. I'm like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> but anything to add, anyone? I am a fool for thinking that any match involving Darby Allen, Andrade, Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy is going to be a piss break match. I know. <laughs> but something had to be. Yeah, you know, you know it, it was a spot fest, but it was still like, I guess, like retro, like like having watched that after the fact. Still one of my favorite. Like I had uh, still some of the most fun. I would say mm-hmm. I had like in terms of just watching a match, just sheerly, just from spot, 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 spot. You know. Mm-hmm. Spot. Mike. Spot. 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 What's wrong with you? <laughs> Do you have anything to say? <laughs> oh boy. So we go to our main event, which Adam won, as we all knew. Uh Hangman defeats Adam Cole. And this match was great. Like yeah. there was, I, I, again. Little drunk. I need to rewatch this one still, but you sure do. Hangman's well, well, my guy. Well, well, and no, I was well, I'm, really the ex- I'm the expert on this one because I watched. Yeah, this yeah one. why Dead, don't you t- t- take the lead? You just watched ah, ah yes. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, as for my notes, Adam Coke came out in what I um, said oh, was he- Halo armor. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it, literally the happen. worst I've ever seen. Like one of the worst yeah. entrance gears I've ever. Yeah, seen. yeah, it was, it was pretty what, what, bad. Was it Halo armor? Because I kept thinking I was yeah. like, oh, is there like he a wore Paramount Master Plus? Chief trunks. 
Yeah, Master Chief. That was that was super okay. It was um, whack. Um, yeah. But love, 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 Hangman's outfit, ring attire. Oh yeah, like that, like God, like 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 that 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 rainbow. Which Derek mentioned was in direct response to the "Don't Say Gay" bill, and it's in Orlando where they had all that. So like, good for him for for yeah for telling DeSantis to fucking get fucked. God, I hate that guy. Yeah, for Ron DeSantis, you cock. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anywho, uh, Bryce Rensburg really got to really got chewed out, didn't he? I think a lot by Adam Cole. Like I noticed, Bryce Rensburg he he refed a couple like later matches in there. I think Adam Cole, called. like I forget what he like yelled at him, but I think Bryce Rensburg took a lot of abuse tonight. Um, you know, um, ultimately for me, I guess before you all get into the more uh, nitty gritty. Uh, Mark stuff. Glad it wasn't just a big blood fest because um, you know I've been tired. Me of, too. Yeah, of seeing like Hangman just like oh he's bleeding and he's he's ble- and he bleed. bled in all three yes, of his previous yes, defenses and, and, and the and the, and, underdog, and the underdog's been battered and no he just won a wrestling match. And I agree. Bad. I was yeah. very happy about that as well. Mm. This no, is one of the best. Yeah, good. It's one of the best NXT takeover main events I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it did feel very 2017 to 2019 NXT, but that ain't a complaint. You know, no. kick, kicked out of finishers, you know, a lot of near falls, a lot of big moves. But I, I mean, Hangman's my guy, and I love Adam Cole too. So I had a blast watching it, and I'm probably going to rewatch it tonight. But um, yeah. Anything else? I just don't really remember too many of the specifics at this point because I was quite drunk. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, well, like I don't know. I there, remember being really fired up at the well, end. There, well, well, there were a lot of like Panama sunrises, a lot of the neat, like, like, like a lot, a lot of the of finishing big moves. Well, a lot of the finishing moves happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of like kickouts and stuff. And then like you know, eventually like it was flipped, and then Hangman. Oh, didn't you know. didn't uh, Red Dragon and the Dark Order come out at some yes, point? Yes, yes, yes. They yeah. fought each other. That was like towards the end, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Hangman pushed Alex Reynolds, which is really interesting. Oh yeah, did oh, I forgot about that? Dude. What? Yeah. What was the onus for that? Do you remember? He just pushed him out there. Dark Order was all around him, and Hangman was like, "No." Damn. And then he pushed. He pushed Alex Reynolds into one Red Dragon, and that's when the brawl started. Oh, okay. Okay. Dark Order. Wasn't there a dead eye through a table at one point? Like yeah. Off but, the um, apron, maybe? I, 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 I think there was. I remember them saying it, but. Uh, I feel like he hit a couple of dead eyes, and yeah. one of them might have been, like, through a table. Again, it was late. <laughs> it was several beers in, but uh, it was awesome. Hangman's still the champ. I thought, you know, Bo can attest I basically said when he won the title that Cole would was my guess that would be the one to take it off. But I didn't think the match would happen this soon. I thought it would have been double or nothing or all out. So that made it, for me, difficult to pick. But I did ultimately pick yeah, Hangman, no, and I'm glad and, he won. And it, won't, and it won't be Cole, and it won't be Danielson. So, like, who will it be? No, you know, uh, that's the question. And I'm thinking it – CM Punk or MJF, it'll be one yeah, of those. One two. of those two, yeah, I agree. What I do think you it might be Punk and then MJF. That's, I mean, now that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. how you get MJF to get his, you know, he beats Punk for the title, and you mm-hmm. go back to that story. 
so much history and blood and everything. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Micah, do you have anything to add now? You son of a bitch. You got you got anything to say about this match, about the show? Did you just have a bad time this weekend? Yeah, I had to spend it with Beaumont Rand. Oh, how terrible was it? You know. Well, actually, I would like to describe the 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 end of um, the weekend for me. Um, Please, it was quite sweet. So I woke up on the couch. I was like, I got, I missed miss the end of the show. Like you know that 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 very like wake up in, in an unfamiliar place. But it's Sanford's house, so it took a minute to register. And I was like, Jesus. So I was like, I need to charge all my stuff, my phone, my e-cigarette. Um, and I have to take an Uber back in the morning. I plan to take an Uber back at night. So I don't know if you've ever taken an Uber back in the morning, but it stinks. Several yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no conversation. You're just sitting there. It was a little chillier the night before, rain pattering. Um, but I get up to leave, and then I notice on the couch there's Micah just laying there. And I try to, like, leave quietly, but I, I, I don't leave quietly enough to stir Micah. And he rolls over, and I notice he's awake. And he holds a fist up, and I bumped his fist. And then he reached his arm out, and I gave him a hug. And uh, and that was really nice. And we finally made out, just like <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, yes, going back to Saturday, Bo at some point just said to Micah, we're going to make out at some point this weekend. <laughs> and then it happened Monday morning, a half asleep, Micah. No, no, but it, 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 it was it was very sweet, and it's and it's how I choose to uh, to end the weekend. So I just end it with making out with Bo. So. <laughs> That's getting me excited. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. What. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> how annoyed did he? Is he like completely over that now? Or is he? Oh yeah, Sanford? I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I feel like Sanford like has to, you know, like knowing how knowing how he takes our jokes, like especially yeah. one that that's based on him. I bet he no. can't don't. No, he likes it. Don't. But yeah, <laughs> don't. What a hell of a weekend, gentlemen. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just incredible wrestling, incredible times. Again, like. We've said it a ton, like part of the most enjoyable, probably the most enjoyable thing since we've started this podcast is like the real friendships we've made. First, getting to meet Diesel, Tom and Chad last summer in Milwaukee. And then now you guys, it's just been amazing, um, despite how tiny and young you guys are. (laughs) Um, But no, for real, like it was awesome. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've said it like before all this, I had one friend who was one and a half friends that were like on my level with wrestling. The other one has since dissipated. Um, So it's just awesome to have more friends to be able to talk to this shit about and watch it and go to it and love it. And it was fucking tight. So uh, thank you guys for coming. Obviously Uh, impact will be back in July. And and obviously a return trip on our end has to be because I've never been to Boston. I've been to New York city. That's the furthest yeah. I've been um, up up your all's area. So, well, Survivor Series in November, TV Garden. <laughs> I mean, let's see if AEW comes back, or are they already coming back? Yeah, Next they're coming back month. in April. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, we can't really, I can't really pull that off, but yeah, well, and one of my, I've told you, one of my good friends lives up there, so uh, yeah, perhaps maybe sometime this fall. I know I've got his wedding actually is at the end of May, which I'll be going to, not in Boston, but um, yeah, we'll certainly make our way up there at some point. <laughs> Obviously, if you can make the July Impact show work, that'd be sick, but I can't blame you if you can't. We'll I'm see. sure I'm sure we'll probably be going. Um, but yeah, anything else to add here? I feel like I've said that a hundred times because I'm not used to having like a three three men to kind of cycle through here. But uh, this little I'd like, impro- to, I'd like to say something actually. Please, I will say it again. A good portion of WWE fans have IQ dot 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 of a fifty year old dumbass. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Uh, it came from the Bible himself. <laughs> is that a new one? I guess that's, that's a, a new, is that tonight? Yeah. That's a new one. Oh, oh, please tattoo that to my heart. Let's <laughs> Oh shit. Speaking of which, Bo, um, the Zoom mic, Derek and I did like a three to five minute bit where he was Goldman at the very end of that recording. So uh, the very end, you might want to look that up and maybe we'll just plop it in here at the end. Cause okay. I basically started interviewing him as Goldman about the oh, show. Okay. Okay. For... Okay. So, so it's a, se- <laughs> is it a separate recording or is it the end the of the like... same one that was rolling? I'm pretty okay, sure. No, so okay. No, no, no. Okay. So, so uh... all you got to do is go to the very end. All right. Um, well, but number anyway. one, I haven't had dinner yet. Um, I'll have dinner and oh, then I'll take care of it. Okay. You're fine. Uh, anything else to add here, gents? I, Micah just had his saying piece. Derek, what do you got? Donut versus PCO. Watch <laughs> it every week. Hell yeah. Hell uh, the yeah. devoid, the devoid video, the vlog. It's like very short because uh, we didn't film <laughs> stuff that much because we actually wanted to spend time with our, with our friends. Uh, do that. Spend time with your friends. Don't take pictures and videos all the time. But we do have a little bit of a story going on. You'll see me being back in America. Uh, yes. Check that out on the Devoid thing. Uh, but but you could also watch the Brainbuster Boys versus Good Cup Back Up Wrestling on Visionaries Global Media Network right now. Oh yeah. So why don't you why don't you do it right now? Right Hit now. It. Right now. Hit right it now. Hit it, Johnny. Yeah. You still want me Just tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree It's been way too long Do you still want me If I don't see a ribbon around the old oak tree I'll stay on the bus, forget about us But the blame on me If I don't see a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree Why don't you give us some Greg Gold? What did Greg Goldman think of Revolution? I look at this. Listen, I was expecting. All right, I saw the fucking the fucking lights out match last year. Fucking fucking St. Patrick's Day. I was expecting some more fucking blood and guts. This is the second encounter. It should have been way more fucking violent. But instead, they just had a regular fucking match, right, and Thunder Rosa fucking lost. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And now, let me guess, right? She's got the number one contenders match next week. The next week, they're in their hometown. She's probably just gonna fucking win it then, right? So why have the match at the goddamn pay-per-view? Give it to, like, fucking Ty Conti or something. 
Wow, so so Greg, that was just your thoughts on Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, <laughs> which was an interesting direction to go in. Why don't you tell us about another revolution match? So I don't normally watch Rampage because, like, I don't watch main events. Why would I uh-huh. watch Rampage? Yeah, yeah. So I figured, right, at the pay-per-view, it was going to be Sammy Guevara versus Darby <laughs> Allen versus fucking Andrade. And I watched the fucking show, and this is f- fucking 60-year-old fucking whatever. Sting. Should have been the piss break. Should have been the fucking piss break, man. But it wasn't. It said Sting's flying through fucking tables. Matt Hardy's just waiting for his fucking brother to get there. And, like... Who else is fucking in it? There's like a sixth person, right? Am I fucking forgetting someone? Why don't you tell us about Jade Cargill? <laughs> it was a great match. Ty Conti got fucking destroyed. Jade's excellent. Fucking. Fucking. So now that you've told us about all the important matches <laughs> Revolution, tell us about another one. Possibly the main event. Just say something. Something good. Something about the main event? Yeah. Match. Adam Cole probably should have fucking won because I mean, like, what? No, you guys are wrong on your predictions. The fuck? The fucking undisputed yesterday and McAllisters. You didn't. You guys are both like, I can't call. Look, all right, that match should have been like fucking fifteen minutes, but they had like twenty fucking finishes to that match. I swear to God. What was the final time? Was it above or below twenty-six minutes? I believe that match lasted fucking four hours and thirty minutes. Fucking felt like it, Jesus Christ. Greg, what was the match of the night? Match of the night? Match of the night was fucking Jonah versus PCO. Oh! Sacrifice. That big motherfucker jumped off the top fucking rope. As Azar said, he is wide AF. He's fucking wide AF. And PCO's fucking like what? 50 fucking He's a 50. Million? He's like a 52 year. Fucking 50 in a, million? In the middle of an impact show on Plus. Did you see that fucking, that fucking, the fucking bump he took where he got the fucking power bomb? Yes. It was fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm glad you said yes, that was an important reaction. What about when I said gore? Gore? Oh my god, so, alright, right? So, this brain buster boy over here, he fucking, he's, he's just yelling shit all night, right? Trying to get a reaction from, he got a reaction from Teddy King. Shut up, Kenny. Kenny King did a slow fucking turn. It was fucking hilarious. But then he yelled fucking gore at Rhino. And Rhino, like, fucking turned his head instantly. Like, like it's like fucking Brett knew the spot. It's like he knew fucking... He's like, gore, I'm a whore. Sure, what the fuck? Sure, I'm a whore, gore. I'm gonna finish this fucking... I got an El Chavo here. Fucking mango habanero. I'm gonna fucking finish this shit. Cheers. I heard it's not that good. It fucking sucks. But I love it. Just like WWE. Fuck yeah. I've heard that WWE is shit. It's true. You were supposed to say. Oh my. In general? Oh, yeah. Uh, In general? Uh, uh, uh. Ugh.